Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative people about how they do their thing, and my dog just popped his head in. That's the door you heard creaking. Um, but we're going to keep going. Uh, I love to talk to people about how they keep it together, how they hang in through the ups and downs of building a creative career. So today, my guest is an old friend of mine, comedian Jim David. We met on a gay cruise in the late 90s, and I really wanted to talk to him again. I had him on the podcast a few years ago. He put out a comedy album called Gay Jokes for Straight Cruisers that he recorded on a cruise ship, and it just went to number one on iTunes. It's so hilarious, but it was the last cruise. He did a crossing right before COVID shut everything down. So he's on a crossing of the Atlantic Ocean with a ship full of people while COVID is happening. So what was that like? I wanted to know. Uh, I also wanted to talk about the album and what it's like to to be a comic on a, on a ship and how edgy you can be. I was surprised how edgy it was and so funny. So before I get to Jim, I just want to get a plug in for the game nights I've been hosting, you don't know my life.com. If you need a way to connect with people that is socially distanced, and also we've been doing a lot of corporate events lately, helping teams that are working remotely to bond. So if that's up your alley, check it out at youdon'tknowmylife.com. I would be happy to hook it up. If you want to kick in a little to my virtual tip jar and keep the podcast free, you can do that at dennisanyone.net or dennishensley.com. I merge them. So they're one website. They go to the same place. Technology. All right. That's enough plugs. Here is comedian Jim David. All right, joining me live via Zoom, it's comedian Jim David, my old friend. Hey, Jim. Hi, Dennis. How are you? I'm good. I'm um, I'm excited to talk to you because you have a comedy album out that went to number one on iTunes. Congratulations. It went. It went that was the biggest surprise of my entire career, Dennis. And I, you know me a long time. And you and I met on a gay cruise in 1998. Yep, that sounds right. Yes. Right? That was that was like 22 years ago. Amazing. If you can believe it. That's the biggest surprise of my entire career because we put out the album on iTunes. A Jokes for Straight Cruisers is what it's called. Yes. And we put it out on a Friday night, April 13th. And the next day it was number one. And it stayed number one for the week. That's so and awesome. I, I was astonished. I was like, are you kidding me? I was ahead of Robin Williams and John Mulaney and Richard Pryor and George Carlin and, and Anthony Jeselnik. And it was just too funny. I love it. Well, you deserve it. I listened to it and it's so funny. I was just howling with laughter. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. When you're home in, in quarantine or whatever and you listen to things, it's like, uh-huh, that's cute. Like, you'll go, that's funny, but you won't laugh. I was just laughing so hard. Um, so, congrats. It's funny as hell. And Thank you. I, I, I did not expect. It was recorded on the last transatlantic cruise last year in March 2020. Yeah. From, from Florida to Spain. And, you know, that was right at the beginning of the pandemic, which, you know, I mentioned on the, on the album. Right. And uh, But people just acted like there was no pandemic at all. They had extended European vacations planned and uh it was but it was a very it was a very fun cruise because everybody was in a party mood everybody right and I did not expect to, to get an album out of this but I recorded all my sets 
And then I listened to it later on in the year, and I went, I bet I have a new album here. If I if I make clear that it was recorded on a ship, because it's got a lot of it's got a lot of cruise ship material. Right. And I said, well, let me. This is kind of universal. Even if you haven't been on a cruise, you could still understand this. And so I released it, and it and it went to number one for God's sake. Well, <laughs> I think for people that love cruises, it was a chance to get a little taste of that at a time uh-huh. when they can't. One of the things I couldn't get over was how uproarious the audience was laughing. They were dying. They were into it. More yeah, than you were... see, like, when you watch a comedy show on, like, Comedy Central or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. they were into it. What does that feel like to have that kind of a reaction? It's quite wonderful. It's the reason you do, it's the reason why comedians do what they do. Is, you is you the... felt like they were a little helpless with laughter. Like, you felt like, are they going to yeah. be okay? You know, <laughs> I got them a couple of times. Yeah, there was... There was a couple of times where people were just screaming at the top of their lungs. They couldn't stand it. Okay. Um, it was it, it was recorded in a little club on the ship, which is 100 people. And so it's a very intimate setting. And, um, you know, they a lot of them do not expect my kind of humor, you know, um, you know, on in their show. I mean, when they when I got when I first got discovered by cruise lines. Right. 15 years ago. I said to them, they said, we want you to work on our ships. And I said, wait a minute, did you just, didn't you just see my act now? It's, I'm gay and it's political. Right. And they said, if you can do enough to do a family show, then in your adult show, you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. And so by, and so by part of my motivation, Dennis, for releasing this album was to, sort of clap back at all of the comics and industry people who say that comedians performing on cruise ships is not as legitimate as performing at a club in Las Vegas or Atlantic City or in Columbus, Ohio, or it is exactly the same thing. And in fact, it can be better because on a ship, you not only have a, a captive audience, you also have you have a, a setting and lighting person and a stage manager, you know, and so you're treated very well. And um, you got video, and you can use you can use sound and play with everything. Well, and so also... I, it, it was my way of saying, no, working on ships is just as good as any of that other stuff. Right, and you also have the shared culture of the ship. You yes, can talk exactly. About the crew and the and the things like that, and. And it's like, we're all in this together, and there's a lot of fun to have there. I right. couldn't believe how edgy it was. Because I used to work on cruise ships. I worked for Princess. And the comedians never got very edgy. They couldn't. And we've they talked couldn't. over the years about how you feel like there's certain material that you couldn't do on 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 the ships. And then I heard it, and I was like, holy shit, he's going for broke. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, you yeah, know I, can, whole... I, can get away with, I can get away with a lot. Do you ever get pushback from from the people yes. that hire you? Yeah, I got pushed back over the last four years because of Trump jokes. Right. People got very angry at me, audience members that are pro-Trump. Of course. That are big big fans of his. It's like if you it's like insulting Jesus Christ to Yeah. You know, it's like if you dare joke about Trump. I mean, the first joke I ever did about Trump back in 2015 when he started to run. Right. The first first joke I ever did was I look at Donald Trump and I think I owe Sarah Palin an apology. 
that was that was the first joke I ever did. Right. People would go to the front desk and complain about that. Wow. Well, oh yeah. So but, that was so that I got pushback about. And then I had a couple of a couple of positions in the companies say, just don't talk about Trump, please. Just don't bring him up. He aroused too many feelings, both positive and negative. And that was out of my control. Right. I still, I mean, you know, you, did you hear the part of the album where I talk about how I insulted him at a, at a Friars Roast? Yes, I, I wrote that down on my notes. You met him and you insulted mm. him to his face. I've met him twice, actually. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> uh, tell the story of the roast. I love that story. Well, it was at a roast and Donald Trump was the host of the right. roast. He wasn't even being roasted officially. No, he wasn't being roasted. But he refused to write any of the special material that these talented writers like Larry Amoros and, and uh, you know, all these great writers that right. would write spe special material for the non-comedians that performed. Like like Martha Stewart. Did you ever see Martha Stewart on a Comedy Central she roast? Kills. She kills. Well, she was hilarious, but but she was not. She didn't write any of that. Right, but she did it. You know, but she did it. Trump refused to do it. Right, and he and he was he was being such a jerk that all of the comics made more fun of him than they did of the like uh, like <laughs> there was this one Friars Club comedian who looked you know because Trump introduced him. I've never heard of this guy. I don't know who he is, but anyway, here he is. Right. I mean, he was just showing no respect and no, he wasn't playing, he wasn't playing the game. Right. Uh, the Friars Roast is a game and he was not playing. He was being a jerk. Right. And he wasn't funny. And after the show, people said, well, he was the worst host I've ever seen. But anyway, people were making fun of him. And when this comedian got up, he looked Trump in the face and he said, you really are a nasty cocksucker. And so everybody was insulting him, including me. And then the whole thing was that none of us thought he was going to be the president. Right. You know, none of us had any idea that this was going to happen. So he, pro he probably for has forgotten all about it. Right. You know, yeah, right. He's, he's, had, he's had a lot of things happen since then. This was back 15 years ago, I reckon. Well, it reminds but, me, I made a Scott Rudin joke in my novel, Misadventures in the 213. And looking back, I thought... I, I think, why did I do that? He's petty as hell. Like, I don't know if he would have ever heard about it, but they're all so petty that it wouldn't surprise me that that Donald Trump... If would, they would waste their valuable time to come after the likes of us. Yes. Uh, but but yeah. at the time, I thought, I didn't think anything of including that joke. It was sort of in the air. But now I look back and go, Dennis, that could have killed your career right there. Well, um, it could have. Yeah, there's probably a face. My face at, at every agency in town with a line through it. Um, it <laughs> right. explains so much. Um, right. So this was so interesting to listen to because it's also a time capsule of COVID. Like, you guys mm -hmm. are on a ship, but it's in the news. It's everywhere. It's happening. So it's Well, like, one, of the, one of the first lines on the album is, you all have to give yourself a round of applause because you're either brave or insane being on a nine-day cruise where you can't get off the ship in the middle of a global pandemic. Nice work, everybody. Right. And they all applaud, and they think it's hilarious. But it turned out that, um, you know, after the ship, some of them got COVID. I heard about it. Right, but they and got it later. They didn't. It wasn't on the ship. As far as you I know, it wasn't on the boat. As far as I know, it wasn't on the boat because I would have most definitely caught it. Yeah. Because of my profession, I am in close contact with a lot of people that I don't know. Yeah. 
you know, with audience members. And this is the case in anywhere. If you perform, if I perform at the punchline in Atlanta, you know, people are coming up to me at the end. And, and you know, so it's like I'm shaking all these hands. And, and so I'm in a, you know, it's very important to me. That's why I'm really glad that I got vaccinated because I'm at least safe for a bit from all that. But, but yeah, this was at the very beginning. Oh, and then the cruise was from March 1 to 13. Right. Right. On March the 11th was when Trump pulled the European travel ban out of his ass. Right. Remember, without even telling Europe that, right. that nobody without that nobody could travel home from Europe. So all of these passengers on this cruise who had extended European vacations pa- planned, well, they just all panicked. Yeah. And so on the last day of the cruise, which was March 12th, they were all on the computers and getting new flights home. You know, trying to trying to get out of there because right. they were afraid they were going to get stuck in Europe. And this at the last night, I was at a cocktail party, and this man came up to me on the ship and he said, "You're the comedian, aren't you?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Why don't you do a routine about that stupid motherfucker who spent five thousand dollars to get home early?" And I said, "Oh, really? Who was that?" And he said, "Me." <laughs> you know, so so everyone they spent was, a fortune. They spent a fortune to get home how closely are you following the news when you're out on that cruise are you just oh, kind of oh, like well, i want oh, to know no. everything or i'm just gonna i'm gonna enjoy this cruise and there's nothing i can do oh well i am a news junkie right so i will watch the news a lot of the when i'm on the cruise they get they get fox they get all the they get fox news and msnbc and cnn right so i'll be going back between all those right you know and yes i was following everything right so I always do because I'm always looking for material. If, even if 99% of the stuff that I subject myself to on the news is never going to end up in my act. Yeah. Never. But like today I saw a news item about this mother and her daughter in Florida, of course, that were arrested for rigging the homecoming queen oh, election. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's a TV movie waiting to happen. Well, it's just if you've seen Carrie, you know that these things are bound to, to go bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talk about uh, your husband and being gay and stuff in your act. How have cruise ship audiences over the years evolved on that stuff? Was it, was it touchy in the beginning at all? Or was it, were you always, did you always feel like you were able to, to be open about that stuff? Well, I was always able to be open because they knew what they were getting when they hired me. Right. They knew that I talked about it on stage when they hired me. Right. So the company was behind me. That's awesome. I would get complaints from passengers. And I, I, I say on the album, it's a story about how a man went up to the front desk and he said, we didn't pay all this money to see a gay comedian. And the woman behind the counter said, yes, you did. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but, but I got, I would get, people would write down complaints like they would say, you're you're better than this to promote this gay marriage and all this stuff. Right. But for the for the most part, they really responded positively to it. And I would have people, countless people, come up to me after the show and say, my son is gay and he just got married, or my daughter's gay, and I want to thank you for talking about that. Right. I mean, I, I got much more of that than I did about you know negative. Right. And we met much on a- more so. We met on a gay cruise, and you do those from time to time. What do you like about them? The gay cruises? Yeah. 
Oh, because I, you can, first of all, it's the only cruise I'll socialize with the guests. <laughs> you know? Right. On, on the regular cruises, I just usually keep to myself. But right. um, the gay cruises have lots of parties. They're lots of, they're just lots of fun. You know, they're, they're a total, they're a total hermetically, hermetically sealed environment where all of these guys who, I mean, you get lots of, you get lots of guests on the gay cruises from little towns where they are closeted and they can't be themselves even today. Right. You know, and then they come on this, this boat where everybody's walking around in a jock strap. Right. And they're, they've got their little outfits from Andrew Christian or wherever it is. And they're, Oh, totally. They're, they're rocking yeah. it. Yeah. They're rocking it. I love and it. They, and what the crew must see on those ships. Oh, the crew must, they, I, they, the first cruise I ever did, the first gay cruise I ever did, they had an underwear party in the disco. So everybody's in the disco in their underwear. Right. And there was this cute little Filipino waitress standing next to me. Right. And I said, you, this is not something you see every day, is it? And she said, the gay cruise is the best cruise. Last week, religious cruise. Nobody drink, nobody dance. They pray, pray, pray very bad. Yes. <laughs> right? She's right. And the, so, the gays tip well, too, from what I understand from my cruise people. They um, do. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. I wonder if you share this observation. When COVID started happening and the cruises were hit, Princess particularly, who I used to work for, and there's all this stuff in the media and on Twitter. You couldn't pay me to go on a cruise. Cruises are just, like, all of this dunking on cruises is like, it's just the worst thing in the world. Like, and I, and I, A, I feel sort of bad for them because they're super fun. And you know what I mean? These, these assholes that dunk on it. But do you get that? Do you get your, I get my gander up a bit about that. It's annoying. Yeah. Because, because the cruises do everything they possibly can to make the ship as clean, clean as possible. Right. And for years, for the last 10, 15 years, they've had these little Purell stands. Right. Where, where whatever venue you go into, the jazz club, the comedy club, the disco, right. the, the restaurant, you always wash your hands with this with Purell. Right. So, so they've got that, and they, they play a whole video at the beginning about washing your hands. And... <laughs> Did you hear the part on on yes. Jokes Cruisers about the poor little girl yes. that stands at the at the re entrance to the restaurant and goes, "Hello, washi washi, wash your hand, wash your hand, washi washi." Right, that's her whole job is to tell people to wash their hands, and that's you do this it. bit about her just losing it and just like just go, go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit if you wash your hair or not. <laughs> I, I come, I come all the way from Philippines for this shit. I think, oh, maybe they make me wait, or maybe they make me bot, and then they say, no, you cute. You're going to stand here and say washy-washy for four fucking hours. <laughs> <laughs> what do you That's hear, a lot of fun. What do you hear from your people your people in the industry about coming back? Well, they're, they're starting it off slowly. They're already starting off some cruises out of the Bahamas and uh, the Caribbean, St. Martin, because they're because they're not able, the CDC has not allowed them to to do uh, cruises out of U.S. ports, which means America or the Virgin Islands or right. Puerto Rico. You know, yeah. Um, but they can do it out of St. Martin, yeah, or out of St. Lucia, right? So they're they're slowly starting up. 
with vaccinated only passengers. Interesting. Okay. Which is, I think, the way they're going to keep it. Yeah. But I will not. Uh, some. I'm. It's going to be a while before I do cruises again because a lot of them are only offering the comedians six month contracts. So in other words, oh, so you, you have, have to stay on the boat for six months. Correct. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. I'll do a month. Right. I'll do. Th- I'll do two weeks to a month. Right. That I can do. Right. But not six weeks. No, right. thank you. How do you nope. cope with the downtime? Um, I you read. Do a lot of I, writing. I read. I write all the time. I finished uh, in the last year. I finished a first draft of my screenplay. Fantastic. Which is, it's not very good. You've read some of it. Yeah, I read what I liked. I liked what I read. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but it's 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 a it's a blueprint. Sure. That's how uh, now I can now I can go back. I just read a really interesting interview with this writer for The Simpsons named John Swartzwelder, who I got to know when he produced this pilot I did for Fox called Pistol Pete, right. which was like a F troop kind of comedy western. It was really quite fun. It didn't get picked up, but anyway, John Swartzwelder was talking about how he would write a dummy script for an episode of The Simpsons, right. and he said it was nothing, but at least it was a script. So then the next day he could go back to it and start to make the real jokes out of, out of instead of Homer saying, don't open that door, Homer would then say something funnier. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That he could, so that's what he could do. So I could do the framework of that. I mean, I read all the time. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big reader. I love to read books. Um, I watch a lot of, you know, movies and stuff, and I exercise as much as I can. And so I keep the time, you know, I keep the downtime um, as busy as I can. What is your simple ship pleasure? I used to love going to the aft end and looking at the wake and just like staring at the, the, the at the back part where the, the wake is going away. Well, that's really quite wonderful. I love sitting that. on the sitting on the sitting on the top deck with a cocktail at sunset is really quite wonderful. Yeah, that's really nice. I love it. Um, you know, going to the cocktail parties and the, and getting the little crudités of like little little wrapped up pieces of smoked salmon on a piece of toast and little little pieces of little pieces of crackers with ca- caviar and creme fraiche and you know stuff like that is really kind of wonderful you feel like you're living beyond your means right you're having a, a classy little moment do you ever yeah, get yeah. recognized in new york city from people that saw you on the ship i get recognized all over the country right i've gotten recognized by the baggage guy at the airport saying you were on my cruise yeah I've gotten recognized, well, or they've seen my Comedy Central special, or they've seen me. They used to watch Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, which I was on for two years. Yeah. That show was had a real cult following that persists to this day. I mean, they they're always watching the. I'm always getting a notification on YouTube that somebody watched one of my Tough Crowd episodes, and so yeah. you know, it's interesting. It's 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 disconcerting, right? Because you'll, I'll be standing there at CVS looking at stool softeners, right? <laughs> And then somebody comes up and says, are you Jim Davis? Right. <laughs> and I say, yeah, I'm constipated, too. Right. <laughs> sometimes it happens. That's, um, sometimes it happens. You, That's it. I love when you imitate your dad, um, the way oh he talks God. and the things he says. And there's there's a couple stories on the on the CD or the album. And there's one where it's not even a, a, a punchline that he says. It's just what he says in his worldview that just tackles me. He's like, well, that's not something you see every day, or I don't know. Oh, oh, well, it was the it was the time that my the one time my parents came on a cruise, right? 
And our my father is from, you know, North Carolina. He's a small-town boy. He's not well-traveled. Right. He is, uh, he's been to Las Vegas. He's been to Alaska. And that's it. You know, I mean, he hasn't been to Europe um, or anywhere else, really, out of the country. And um, he, I think maybe he's been to a couple of towns in Canada. Sure. But, like, he, he just was absolutely fascinated by all of the, the um, non-American workers on right. the ship. And we, one of our waiters was from Vietnam. And so my father said, now, how in the world did somebody from Vietnam end up on a cruise in the Caribbean? And the man said, I watched my village be burned to the ground. And then my dad said, well, that's not something you hear every day. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I find that so well, hilarious. My, my father is one of the funniest people in the entire world, which is, I mean, I, I get... I'm a total, my parents are alive and they're okay. They're, my mother's 91 and my dad's 93. Fantastic. So they're doing okay. Um, and, uh, but my, they've still, the, the, they've had physical problems, but they've still got all of their marbles. That's great. And um, they will, they'll still say things. And my father, they live in a retirement community. And my dad was telling me about how this man came up to him and he was talking. My father said, I've planned my funeral and I've paid for it. And the man said, when is it? <laughs> my dad has tons of stories like that. I love it. What do they think of what just, you do? Just that you're tons. a comedian and that you're gay I think they're married. finally pr- I think they're finally proud of me. They're they're finally proud of me. When they saw my Comedy Central special, they thought that was a big deal. That's amazing. They they thought that was a huge deal. And um, you know, my mother never liked it when I made jokes about her. She couldn't stand it. Yeah. But but they still are they're pretty proud of me. Because I've made my living in show business. You, did you know, your thing. I mean I, I that's what I set out to do and and that's what I did. And and they discouraged me from it even though they got me into it. You know, they're the ones that pushed me into children's theater when I was 9 years old. Right. So they I was bitten by the bug and they they got me. Wow. And so and so when I told them that I was changing my college major from pre-med to drama. They were like, can you make a living at this? And they, and I eventually finally did. It yeah. took a long time. You know, it's a hard business and it takes a long time. It takes a long time for you to find your niche. I could never find my niche as an actor. Never. Right. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Didn't know what I was doing. I had no, I, I was probably talented, but I didn't know what the hell to do with any of the talent that I had. Right. And I didn't know how to brand myself. I didn't know anything, but, in comedy, I finally found my niche. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you do a bit in the, on the album that ha- has to do with, like, if there's a civil war now in America between, you know, the left and the right, what would the civil war letters sound like? And I just think it's so inspired, and it's so um, subversive in a way, but it just lands so beautifully. I'm, so I just want to give you a shout-out for that bit. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You want me to, you want me to do it? If you want to. Uh, well, that would be a great a, way to end because it's one of my favorites on the album. I just well, there's a, just the idea that that some people are bringing up that there's going to be a civil war in America, right? And you know, because what what actually happened was I, this this man at the retirement community, another man said, 
if they impeach Trump, there's going to be a civil war in America. And I thought, a civil war? What the fuck are you going to do? Invade Cleveland? Get the fuck out of here. What, right. are you, what are you talking about? And then you could write your sweetheart letters from the front. My dear Martha, I write you from an undisclosed bunker between two dumpsters behind the 7-Eleven. <laughs> we managed to sneak past the enemy to get a Slurpee. <laughs> Things are not going so well in the Battle of Cleveland. It seems that the local African-American population does not take kindly to people wearing red MAGA hats and Confederate T-shirts. <laughs> we did manage to take a Starbucks, but then another went up across the street. <laughs> I want music to play under it, like that sweet little Civil War, you know, right. thing. I just think it's so, so inspired. Um, tell people right. how they can find your record, how they can listen. They can they can listen to it if they have Spotify or Apple Music or I believe um, Pandora or does Pandora still exist? I don't I know. I think Pandora exists. Uh, there's something they they can definitely listen on Spotify and Apple Music Plus, yeah. but they can order the copy of it, which means I get a royalty. There of, you go. Of three dollars um, on iTunes, they can go to my iTunes. Uh, page if you go on itunes you can just search jim david and and i've got five albums that i'm very proud of this is just the latest one and this is the first one to go to number one they can visit my instagram which is at comic jim david and my twitter which is at actual jim david and my website which is com comic jim david.com so there's there's really no excuse. Everybody who's listening to this ought to have a copy in their hands by now. Well, they really should before before <laughs> we even wrap it up. It I'm very done. proud of having out this, and thank you for talking to me about it. I love it. I, I couldn't believe how much I was laughing like I was in a club or something. It was great. It was great. Um, final question. What has cruising brought to your life? I've met lifelong friends from all over the world. Like us, for example, actually. Yes, like you and me. Yeah. Um, I met, I have friends in South Africa, in Australia, in, in Hong Kong. I have a friend, I have friends in, I have a friend in um, Thailand that I'm in contact with, Singapore. Nice. A Japanese DJ from Singapore. A Japanese DJ who lives in Singapore. I have friends in France, in uh, Russia. I mean, that's the best thing. And uh, I've developed a real audience. And so I'm, I'm absolutely sure that that's the reason that the album went to number one right away, is that when I, when I advertised it on social media, all of those followers from all those cruises, they, came, they, they showed up. They showed up for you. You need a cute little name for your fans. You know, like Mariah Carey has her lambs. Or the Adam Lambert has the Glamberts. Yes, you need a cute name. Oh, they could be the gym bots. The gym bots. The, I love the, the gym, gym bots. bots. The gym bots or the gymsters. Yes, I like that. I like I or, mean, the, gym or, or the gym goers. They could be the gym the goers. The gym goers is cute. Yeah, they could go to the something. gym. I like, yeah. okay, gym goers. So I hope whoever's listening, if you weren't a gym goer already, I hope you're a gym goer now. Um, yeah, that's great. So okay. Jim David, it's been so fun talking to you. I loved your record, not only because the comedy was funny, but it made me feel like I was on a cruise, which is something that, that gave me the warm fuzzy. So congrats. I hope that's, everyone listens to great. it. That's great. That's great, Dennis. All right. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Jim David. Check out his comedy special, Gay Jokes for Straight Cruises. I promise you will laugh. 
Um, so this happened. I went to the movies in a theater. Um, yeah. So a friend of mine booked out a whole AMC theater. You can do that for like $99 for 20 people if you pick an older movie. So the movie was Magic Mike. I put on jeans for the first time in over a year. It took me four attempts to find a pair that I could fit into. That's cute. Uh, but I went and saw Magic Mike with friends in a theater. It was really kind of fun and great. And plus that movie holds up, although it was shot through urine. Like it's all yellow kind of, but you know, Channing Tatum brings it. Um, I like this, the love story suite and the dancing. It's all, it's, not, it's good. It's Magic Mike. You can't go wrong. Um, as I talked about previously on this podcast, I'm a fan. Uh, and so tonight I'm going with another group who arranged the same thing to see Back to the Future. So that'll be fun. And I think I might try to book one of my own. I had a friend that saw In the Heights, a sneak preview of it, and he loved it. So I can't wait to see a new movie in a movie theater. I'm really proud of Los Angeles. We've had zero COVID deaths over the last few days. Imagine that. So there you go. All right. So that's it. I'm going to the movies. That's the point. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Dennis. Bye. <laughs>